Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Before we get started this week with the show, folks, I want to remind you to check out etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash April's Sensations. That's right, April's Sensations. Pro wrestler, model, cosplayer, writer, April Hunter. You know, she has her own shop on Etsy. It's fantastic, and I can speak from experience. I mean, I've purchased some candles and soaps and what have you from her. Just really, really cool stuff. And with the holidays coming up, for that special someone in your life, including yourself, this is a great time to pick up some of this handcrafted, amazing, made-in-the-USA stuff. We're talking about April's Sensations. If you want to support a pro wrestler and somebody that is really cool, small business owner, you definitely want to check it out. I'm going to give you that website again, folks. That is Etsy. So that's E-T-S-Y dot com forward slash shop forward slash April's Sensations. And let me spell that out. A-P-R-I-L-S-S-C-E-N-T-S. A-T-I-O-N-S April Sensations, baby I'm telling you, check it out Let them know the Duke sent you over there Enjoy yourselves And now, let's get on with the show You're locked in Look at what we have here, folks To the only show that matters The cream of the crop Duke loves wrestling And there is no one that does it better than Your host... I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. And let me tell you something, folks. I am just so excited because we have a guest this week, someone that has really invigorated my own concept of what it means to live, okay? Because this is a person who has fought so many battles in the ring, fought so many battles outside of the ring, and through it all, he's managed to keep his head up, keep a positive attitude, and just keeps pushing forward. And it's just it's such a joy to learn from and have great conversations uh, with this person and you know, we decided, hey, let's let's hit record and let's share some of our conversation with all of you. And hopefully you can get something out of this, because I'll, I'll tell you right now, during these tough times in life and everybody has their thing. There's no two ways about it, especially in this this whole pandemic era. We, we've all had loss and we've all had challenges. But when you talk to somebody who's going through something else on top of that, and they they manage to stay positive and 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 have a laugh and what have you. It really really puts things into perspective. So I'm really excited to have this conversation today. Um, without further ado, we're talking about a guy who was a who's who down in the Texas territory, has kicked ass and gotten his ass kicked from here, there, and everywhere, all over that part of the country and beyond, and somebody who. You know, he's described as the most famous wrestler, even the best wrestler that you don't know about. But you're going to know about him now. I'm talking about my man, Ken Johnson. 
What's going on there, Ken? Ah, uh, I just laying up here, well, listening to all these tall Texas tales you've been telling. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I didn't shine you up real good, so you can't let me down now. And I know. I feel like I feel like a brand new scrap on daughter or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. Let, let's talk about that for a second. How important is it to get a good introduction? I mean, you know, we always talk about people who have their gimmick down pat and and having the charisma and the it. But if you don't have a stick man who can introduce you right, that that could take something away from the from the shine, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you know, like a, it used to be an ironic rule of wrestling that the guys who were great technicians couldn't talk at the mic and and guys who were great at the mic couldn't, you know, couldn't wrestle. <laughs> That's true. You, you know, I mean, a perfect example is Gary Hart was a spoiler and all that. There's a big man, can move and groove, but without Gary, think what he would have been. He wouldn't have been nothing. I mean, well, you know, but then we had those exceptions to the rule because I know Bobby the Brain Heenan, he could work. Yeah. Although oh, yeah. he, he oh, was yeah. a hell of a talker, too. But we had very few Bobby the Brain Heenans. You're absolutely right about right. that. Right. There, well, one other guy I, I, I'd say was Wild Red Berry, an old timer, real old timer. But yeah, he was good. Um, tough Tony Barn with Leo the Lion Newman. Another great, great, you know, guy could really go, but Leo had the voice. You know, look at the Freebirds with Michael. They they wouldn't have been successful. But well, you know, and, and I know that you're familiar with the Birds. I mean, that's definitely your generation um, yeah. that you wrestled with. Listen, I, I, I'm going to say this, and, and, and I'm going to, you know, we, you and I, we we have a a tendency to shoot straight with each other, which is great. You know, you can openly yeah. say whatever, and of course, on this show, you know, you can say whatever you want. I I was never impressed with Michael Hayes, the wrestler, but Michael Hayes, oh. the talker was as good as it gets. Exactly. You had two young kids. Uh, God, I think they both broke in when they were 15 or 14. I think Terry Gordy was 14 when he broke in the business. Great wrestler, great worker, but, they, you know, they, they weren't that good. And uh, my, and that's the reason for, you know, Buddy Jack Roberts coming in. Uh, what's his name? Watson uh, and Buck Roby put um, Buddy Jack in there to, you know, to, to solidify a team, you know, you had two guys that could work, you know, buddy, obviously not as big as Terry or, or, or Michael, but and he knew tag team wrestling. And when they put him, hey, it hit, you know, you had Michael on the mic, Kristen and Freeman, and, you know, and then you had uh, Terry and, and Buddy Jack to do all the work. And it was a very successful formula, worked fantastically. As a, as a matter of fact, I knew Buddy, I knew Buddy Jack because Buddy Jack helped me break in the business with a, with Johnny Valentine, so. And, and for you young folks who don't know what we're talking about here, I mean, first of all, you know, Buddy Jack Roberts, who was part of the Freebirds, he was older compared to Michael P.S. Hayes and, and uh, oh, Terry yeah, Bam yeah. Bam Gordy. Gordy. Yeah. But the thing about Buddy Jack, he, he was put with those guys, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Ken, he was put with those guys to kind of settle them down because they were a little wild, right? <laughs> and boy, did that work. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But see, this was back when pro wrestling was like the wild, wild west. And you guys down yeah. there in Texas, all of you guys in Texas, you were stiff. It always yep. looked like a fight when you guys were in the ring with each other and with anybody else uh, because it was like a fight, right? I mean, even you, uh, 
Ken Johnson, well, I mean, you're literally wait, wait, known wait, wait, as the greatest Texas wrestler you've probably never heard of. You were a stiff worker, brother. Yeah, oh, oh, I know. I mean, uh, when I first got being with, with Johnny and Buddy Jag, one of my first matches with Wahoo McDaniel, he said, you stiff son of a bitch, and started beating the living hell out of him. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine Wahoo calling somebody stiff? <laughs> I, I mean, know, Wahoo was so feared with those chops. He had hands that I swear oh. could chop wood with, you know? So to get hit by Wahoo McDaniel, you knew you were in trouble, right? Oh, I, 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 wrestled, I wrestled the main event in San Antonio with you see, I kept headbutting him until I busted my own head open. <laughs> God damn, my head busted open. Now that's my blood, goddamn you old man. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, yeah. A, a double tough song. Oh, God, man. Why are you known as the greatest Texas wrestler that people have probably never heard of? In, in your opinion, what do you think about well, that moniker, and, and, and why is it so true? There's been so many great wrestlers come out of Texas. And, you know, like West Texas State. And, oh, my God. You could name them on and on and on. You know, Stan Hansen, Frank Gooders, Bruiser Brody, the defunct. The Blanchards, the Von Erichs, all these guys are great, great. They were great workers, man. They knew their stuff. Like I said, I mean, uh, as far as believability, uh, who would dare get in the ring with a Bruiser Brody or a Fritz Von Erich when, you know, Fritz first came down here, he scared to live in daylight time. Because, I mean, here was a big, rough, tough German guy. <laughs> and all you had to do was look at him and realize, this is a big, tough son of a gun, man. I I don't think I want to get in the ring and trade punches with him. I didn't want to trade punches with him when he was 72 years old. Well, he might have been more dangerous when he was 72 because he, he definitely wasn't trying to uh, – he was going to tater you whether you wanted it or not. So. <laughs> and he absolutely did in a bunkhouse battle world. He knocked me into the ropes and all you see was, damn. And he, he said, well, remind who signs your paycheck. So you hit me like that again, you won't have to worry about signing my time. <laughs> I quit. I know. He's trying to take you out, man. But that was back when, when wrestlers looked like they could fight. And and that's yeah. not to knock today's generation of wrestler, but it just seems like you're looking at more of a uh, TV star modeling, you know, handsome right. people right. here exactly. as opposed to the rough and tumble if you said the yeah. wrong thing to this guy, he might beat you up at a bar kind of deal, which is what your generation was all about, right? Exactly. exactly. Oh, they were a bunch of salty old dogs. You you look at them in the face and stuff. They may not have the potty, but you look at them and then, you know, and said, so this guy's got scars all over his body. He's been in one or two fights, real yeah. fights. So Real fights, yeah. Yeah, yeah not, not like today. Like you say, today's guys. Back then, we'd have looked at them and just said, what the name of God is this? <laughs> and there aren't too many of those. I mean, even when you look at a guy like Brock Lesnar, who's probably the realest person in pro wrestling today because we know he's a legitimate fighter, Lesnar is a hell of a lot more handsome than the guys who, who came up around your time. You know, he's no uh, Tony Curtis, but at the same time, uh, he doesn't look like one of you guys. So many old times like Dick Murdoch, they back you in the robes and, and <laughs> elbow you in the throat, <laughs> grab you by your little finger and lead you around the ring. <laughs> For real. By your little finger. By your little finger. <laughs> go down, come back up, go down, come back up. And be and be playing with you. Beat the holy shit out of you and, and laugh about it. You know, yeah. say, Come on, Junior, get up off the mat now. 
Uh, you, you don't see that anymore. No, I mean, you might get a lawsuit for that. In, in pro wrestling, no. of all things, you might get a lawsuit for doing that. You oh, know? Yeah. I know that people listening and they're hearing some of these names and what have you. For those of you who grew up at the same time period, you know who we're talking about. Some of our listeners are a little younger. You know, they may have been born yeah. in the 90s or what have you. Uh, go back and, and, and Google some of these names. Go on YouTube and watch them. I mean, you like guys like Dick Murdoch and, and Buddy Jack Roberts. And, you know, you see, you know, the yeah. funks. You, you'll see yeah. real wrestling Gary, as, yeah, it, as Gary, it should have been. Gary, Gary Hart, like you said. Gary Hart. Tommy Rich. Tommy Rich was here. And, uh, yep. There was all kinds. Yeah, they were good wrestlers, you know, very, very good wrestlers, though. You know, Killer Kowalski, um, John Tolis, the Tolis brothers, Black Gorman and Goliath, who were great Mexican team from here, Jose Lothario, you know, Black Guzman. There's a, a real good guy. They said, well, I was like, here's a Mexican version of me. You never heard of him. Benny Mata, Bouncing Benny Mata. He was a good guy. Real good sure. wrestler. Just, sure. just, just didn't like to travel a lot, but a good, good guy. So you you brought up a name. You brought up Jose Lothario. Right. Now, here's a guy who was a, a, a tough wrestler down in the Texas area and what have you, and but he's most well-known for being credited for training Shawn Michaels of the right. WWE. Talk to me about Jose Lothario, though, because I'm sure you had some battles with him back in the day, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Simply put, I've, I've talked to a lot of people. um Dory Funk Jr., Dusty Rhodes, they all said Jose is one of the greatest workers of all time. Just, just, uh, he just had it in, you know. Uh, he, he'd sell his ass off for, you know, the guy he's working with, uh, and just always got over him. Always got him. You know, a good, great looking guy when he first started. He was battle scarred when, <laughs> when he went out, but yeah, a good looking guy, and, um, he was a mainstay for here for years and years, uh, um, oh God, I battles with him. I and I had some battles with his son Pete, who, who was a wrestler for a while. You know, not not say taller, but not not as physically heavy, but but, but a great great worker too. Uh, just unfortunately, there, you know, wrestling wasn't what it was when Jose broke in, or else, you know, Pete would have really he would have really been a superstar. If Jose Lothario broke in today, he would be probably one of the biggest stars in the in the whole world, right? Oh God, yes. Oh yeah. Oh God, yes. <laughs> and yeah. speaking of Shawn Michaels, now you know a little bit about Shawn Michaels as well. In fact, if anyone were to go on YouTube and type in uh, Ken Johnson versus Shawn Michaels, that's one of the few matches that you actually have on YouTube, and it's uh, probably your most your most popular match. But you've wrestled uh, Shawn numerous times, right? Oh God, hundreds of times. Yes. And yeah. you help. That, that, you help train Sean in the ring at least yes exactly <laughs> world class was running shows uh, in San Antonio on Sunday evenings and after after the show me and uh, Terry Gordy went out for you know a couple of athletic sports drinks like we always did before we did our routines <laughs> our sports routines you know <laughs> what I'm talking about oh yeah sure do sure do <laughs> and ended up getting home about 6.30 in the morning. Jose called at 8 o'clock. Hey, I have this young kid. I want you to work out with him. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. You know, have you smart? Yeah, I smart him up. I get there. He hadn't smartened Sean up. Sean was trying to kill me. <laughs> it was all I could do to take him down. 
And then as I took him down, I said, don't do that. He depresses Sean. So it depresses him. I'm sweating 102 proof, man. <laughs> Tell him to go easy wow. on <laughs> Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 18 years old. Yeah, 18 years old. Good-looking kid even then. Yeah. So in one time, and he got it. We had that, him and another kid who was like a junior Mr. Texas bodybuilder. You show him a thousand times, he never got it. But you show one, you show Sean something one time, and he got it. Huh. He had a deal for wrestling. He can, and the physical part, physical part was nothing, you know, for him. Just, you know, learning the different psychology and all that was basically with Sean. But always, you know, always good guy. Several matches with him and Paul Diamond and me and, uh, Lee the Super Samoan. All tag matches and then we had a lot of singles matches. A lot of great guys back then. Like Omar Mihalis, Buddy Moreno, another good guy. Cyclone, Cyclone Negro's buddy and brother or half brother or something like that. Another great wrestler. I don't know if you remember Cyclone Negro. No, no, that, that's, I mean, you're, you're going a little obscure. I know he was a luchador there, but he worked primarily you know, the, the yeah. border of Texas and, and, and Mexico, right. uh, primarily right. there. He stayed in right. the territory, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they, I'm vaguely familiar. Yeah, they, they were good wrestlers. Well, Cyclone worked a lot for, uh, Dory Funk Sr. and Dory Funk Jr. So. Yep. They, yep, yep. And, and we had them come in every once in a while. And so, I worked a couple of times with Dory. Tremendous, tremendous champion. Tremendous champion. What a worker. Great work. Best, best NWA champion ever, I, I'd say. Wow, Dory know. Funk Jr. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. between Dory Fork, Funk Jr. and and uh, Lou Fez. I mean, those are the those are the names. Right. Those are the standards when it comes to being wrestlers, right. right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And folks listening now, you'll say, "Well, what about Flair? What about Hogan?" Let me tell you something. Those guys would tell you themselves. Dory mm-hmm. Funk Jr., Lou Fez, those are the guys. All right, yeah. they'll tell you themselves. There's no two way when it comes to wrestling. Those are the guys. But Ken, listen, you we we've talked about our heroes from the past and some of the names that you worked down in Texas uh, through your career, which really got going in the early '80s there. But you're you're probably most well known for the being one of the original people to help Shawn Michaels start the Texas uh, the Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy down there in San Antonio. Talk yep. to us about those early days of doing that because you've had some pretty big names that you've helped train, right? Yeah. Oh, we had Lance Cade, uh, uh, Brian Donaldson, and uh, the other, Brian Spanky. Uh, there's a guy going off of Mr. Universe now. Yeah, we had a lot of good guys. They, a lot of talented young kids come in there. Uh, Sean had hurt his back working with uh, Mark Callis, The Undertaker. And he was going to have surgery, and he needed some time off. So he thought, well, maybe, you know, we'll we'll start our own wrestling school and stuff. So he got together with Jose and me and uh, another good worker, Rudy, Rudy Boy Gonzalez. And we said, yeah, well, we'll help you with it. And it, that's the way it started off. Uh, the, <laughs> the first class was, oh, was that, was that memorable? <laughs> What happened? You got to tell us. Now that you're chuckling about the first class, you got to let us know about that. <laughs> well, like I told him, I said, are you guys ready? Uh, when I ask a question, I expect an answer, and the answer is either yes, sir, or no, sir. So let's try it again. And boy, they snapped to attention, and Sean goes, God, you even scared me. I said, well, that's what we're 
<laughs> sir, may I go to the restroom? Sir, may I go to the restroom? We walk in there. I go, I go, that ain't diarrhea. That didn't come out of that hole. That came out of another hole. They were puking their guts up left there. Jesus, you were running a little ragged there. Now, listen, you, you said Brian Danielson, which, you know, yeah. our listeners will know is WWE uh, star Daniel Bryan. He was a yeah, young Daniel. kid when you guys had him at the at the uh, Wrestling Academy. Yeah. That day. He, he had yeah. been, what, about 18 years old, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but just completely dedicated, man. Completely dedicated. Do, do anything. You know, put the ring up, take the ring down, <laughs> wash your car, do your law. <laughs> no, he was... He whatever you told him to do, he did. Good, good kid, good kid. I mean, he he made it all the way to New York, WWE, and he became oh. champion and all that stuff. What do you think about that? A guy that you helped train. You know, like I told him, you're like my kids. I may cuss you out, but nobody else better. I'll beat the living hell out of them. And I told him, I told him, don't listen to anybody else. If he tells you something, you come tell me. I go up there. Oh, I got fights with Doug Taylor and everybody. Wow. Yeah, don't coach. Yeah, don't coach my students. They're mine. <laughs> and Rudy was the same way. Well, <laughs> wow. I had him for jump. I had him for jump rope and squats, and Rudy had him for the wheel and <laughs> push-ups. So when they got out of there, they could do some push-ups and skip rope. So <laughs> yeah, we we got him. We got him in shape first. We really did. And uh, Sean, you know, bought some of the Cybex machines and stuff. They'd hit, they'd hit that for an hour and then we'd get them in the ring. So, you know, chain wrestling and we took them, we took them through, you know, how to get in the ring, how to get out of the ring. Now, it was, it was really good. It really, it really went really well. You know, of course. That's unbelievable. Know, that's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, to, to be able to say that you've coached Hall of Famers. That's a testament to the quality of wrestler that you are, and that was the reason why you were entrusted to be in that position. Because, and there's something about you guys down in Texas in particular, you guys know the fundamentals, and you can get it done in the ring. You can make anybody look good, right? No, but, well, that, and, and that was that was the point. That was the point. If you're not doing it right, we'll show you how to do it right. And if you're not doing it right, then we'll beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and they keep beating the shit out of you until you do it right. Wow. Yeah, that, yeah they were no nonsense, you guys. You know, back then, you had to have somebody show you, and of course, they, they were going to go as hard as, as it was almost like going and being assaulted every day. <laughs> like, well, who said one day he's going to walk through the door and beat the hell out of all of us? He says, right. Yeah, <laughs> he gets a little better every day, and don't quit. That's right. That's right. Hey, it worked. It definitely worked. Let me ask you a question, Ken, because we, we talked about all these, these salty wrestlers, these tough guys, even some of these kids that you've trained that have been so successful. Who would you say was your toughest opponent in the ring? If, if you were to just name one or two people, who were the ones who you felt, damn, this, this is going to be a long night here whenever you got in the ring with them? Probably Wahoo. Wahoo and uh, I remember being real young, just broke in, following an old timer by the name of Bulldog Brower. I guess you, you remember him. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he was a tough one. He was kind of mean. <laughs> no, yeah, I didn't know much about him. Uh, so many. Uh, Tom Jones. Tom Jones was a strong, very strong wrestler. I did. We did a lot of wrestling against him. Scott Casey was another one. Scott Casey was really in shape. He could really go uh, for his size. Tell he was really strong and really, really good. Great worker. Great, great wrestling. You know. 
I'd say we're talking about the Hall of Famer Tully Blanchard there. And Tully Blanchard is now an AEW as a manager. No. Uh, so yeah, Tully Blanchard is doing the business. Yeah, he stole the show the other night, I thought. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For, with, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Tully Blanch- to think Tully Blanchard could still get a reaction like that from the crowd all these years later. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, no good. Well, Joe was a great wrestler, too. Joe, great worker. Great yep. look to him. You know, great, great look. Very athletic. And was a damn good shooter. Real good shooter. Yeah. Because uh, what's his name? Uh, Stu Hart said that was the toughest guy you ever got in ring with. Was Joe Blanchard. Tully Blanchard's father, Joe Blanchard, was the toughest guy Stu Hart ever yeah, got in the ring with. Wow. Wow. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah. No. That's amazing. A, Stu Hart is the, the father of Bret Hart, folks. Just so you know. Yeah, good guys, all big ten, big ten champions, big ten champions at, at the start. You know, yeah, made his way down here, and and then him and Fritz, and you, oh, you you just had tough guys all over Texas. You know, you, know, you knew one thing: you were going to get the crap beat out of you every night. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of which, I mean, Ken, you know, we we've talked about your career. And some of the tough guys that you've had to face, and you know, thank goodness you you've survived all of that. But um, you're you're battling something else today. Yeah. In fact, you know, folks, as we talk to Ken right now, he's actually in the hospital. Just had a major surgery recently. Talk to us about that, Ken. What, what was the surgery, and 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 what happened there? Well, uh, the diabetes just got out of control, and. Uh, it got to the point where they had to amputate my left leg in order to save my life. So they did that last week, last, uh, what was it, Monday. So it's been a little over a week and stuff. And, well, I'm laying up here. <laughs> no, but no, I'm not done yet. I still got some things I want to do. I, st- I still want to see wrestling get back to where it was, you know, the athleticism and Guys, you know, I don't care if they look like models or not, just get in there and do some good hard-nosed wrestling, you know, the way we used to like it. And and it feels like we're going back to that, where, you know, where it looks like more like a fight as opposed to some kind of choreographed Cirque du Soleil uh, circus act there. Yeah, Yeah, that's what we got to get. Like that Duke, that's the way the Duke would have done it. That's right. You better believe it. You better believe it. Let, let me ask you this, Ken. If you could, if you could tell the folks out there any piece of advice as it relates to, you know, you, you, you said that the diabetes got out of control, they had to take your leg. What sort of advice do you have for folks who may be going through something similar? Well, it's very simple. The first and most important two things when you have it is your diet and exercise. If you don't diet and you don't exercise, it's going to get you, and it can get you real quick. It can come up real, you know, I, I was diagnosed in 2003, and now here it is 2020. And they had, you know, they had to do this, basically save my life. But at my age, who, who wants to go through that at 62 years old? Well, I will. I'm, I hope I live to be, well, my mom just turned 92 today, so. <laughs> Happy birthday, <laughs> if I can mom. Live, pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and she can still stretch me, too, so. <laughs> <laughs> So you you're, put you're still putting over, mom you know over, that. even at night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you mom better over. believe it. Oh, you better believe it. Mama's boy be loved. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, Ken, this is why I wanted to have you on the show, because you're, you're going through 
a very, very challenging period of your life there. And yet you still have that sense of humor. You still have your wits about you. And, and as you said, you ain't done yet. So. No, hell no. Hell no. I'm, I'm going to pull out some kind of something. <laughs> the people go, what is that crazy son of a bitch going to do this week on TV? How can he top that? <laughs> well, it just gets more dangerous. You know what? Like I said, give the people their money's worth, man. Give them their money's worth. Don't, don't sit there and give them a movie. I don't want to see a movie. I'm not a sports entertainer. I'm a 100% Texas-born, Texas-bred, Dallas Cowboy-loving, Lone Star beer-drinking, Mexican, Pinochet-eating fool. And that's what I do. I'm going to give you a real fight and give you your money's worth. And that's the way it is, baby, because that's the way the Duke could have done it. Damn right. You know, we, we, we share a mutual friend in Dusty Wolf, a guy that you've uh-huh. been up and down the road with all over the place there. Yeah. Share a story or two with us about you and Dusty getting into trouble. One day I was spoiler number three against Dusty Wolf, so I put on Dusty's cowboy gimmick, and he put on the mask, and I was cowboy Dusty Wolf, and he was the spoiler number two. <laughs> so wait a second, what did, what did the Booker say? What did, what did the Booker say that? He just looked at us, he just looked at us, you sons of bitches. <laughs> so how did the crowd uh, react to you being Dusty and Dusty being you? Uh, they didn't care. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was in El Campo, Texas. <laughs> there was a, there was Wait a, a second. Did you a, do his moves, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, you, oh, you better know it. <laughs> <laughs> I, every time I took a bump, I had one foot on the mat. <laughs> <laughs> I know Dusty's going to pop to hear you tell that story. Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, 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 we had we had so much fun one night. Uh, me, Dusty, Rudy, and this guy. This guy hit this guy hit me with a chair shot and knocked my front teeth out. No, all of a sudden, he, every fifteen minutes he pulled over the road doing some medication or something. Looking at him, damn. Well, maybe. And then what does he do? Yes, he. Do you want something to eat? How am I gonna eat? You knocked my teeth out, you sorry son of a bitch. Well, I don't share this with anybody. So we stopped about halfway home. He left me. I said, he left. The next night he's wearing my boots. I said, well, we'll get even with this guy. So we got in the car. <laughs> we pass him up every once in a while. We turn on the light, do his medication, wave at him, turn back off, and pass him <laughs> Oh no. Oh no. Yeah, well, TT, you prick. That's that's called a receipt course, right there. Yeah, of course, you know Rudy and Dusty are the ones that wait by, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> Jeez. We're, we're, we're in the airport in Japan, and Dusty just turns around, looks at me, and goes, <laughs> and falls forward. I, every in that airport goes, screaming, heart attack, heart attack. I said, what are you doing? What, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so I'm on top of him. And he goes, what are you doing? He wakes up and he goes, well, I'm going to give you one for old glory. <laughs> I said, that's all this. You're going to have a heart attack in there. The point. Yeah, I'm just going to throw you on the plane and tell him you're asleep. Oh, we've, had so, we've had so many things with him. Oh, <laughs> Like you said, we could write four or five books on <laughs> some of those adventures there. Of course. Of course. What does it mean to you to have to have friends? I mean, you know, you're talking over... 30 years of friendship there. 
no. uh, being up and down the road all over the world with each other. You know, a lot of the younger guys that, that are here in the territories and stuff like that, they, they, they say, well, God damn, I've been, you know, I mean, you know, up in the Boston area, we we went up there one time with, uh, oh, God, what was this guy's name? The Boston bad boy. Oh, yeah, Tony Rumble, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were with him and uh, ICW the, uh, man. That yeah, was, that was ICW yeah. up here. Yeah, yeah. The, I used to the, watch that. The Savoldis, yeah, that's right. Well, it was Mario Savoldi, Angelo and, Savoldi, and, and his son Joe. It, it, well, yeah. the jumping Joe Savoldi, who who made it to uh, WWF for a drink yeah. of water, of course. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we we was up there with him. Uh, Terry Daniels was up there. Superstar Billy Graham. Yes, sir. Uh, Mulligan, yes. Mulligan, and uh, Barry were up there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, a guy named wow. Ron Slinker, he was there, yeah. Oh, I was great. It was great. Get done all them things like Lewiston, Maine, and all. Good, good places. Good, good places. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The New England Loop. The New England Loop, yeah. Well, oh, man, let me tell you, I, I had more fun up there. Those were the nicest people. Friendly, nice. It's the opposite of California. <laughs> <laughs> No, really, I you actually some, had a lot. You got some heat in California, you damn Texas. You got some heat. No, in Lord have mercy, do I? <laughs> no, they don't not, like the Cowboys told, over there, huh? No, nah, I'm telling Oh, my God. You can ask the Savoldis about the bookings. I don't know if you've heard that story, but. <laughs> no. No, no. You, what, you he comes in. He, they come in there. Here, me and Dusty are cow, uh, cowboys. Dallas Cowboy hats on, our boots on, nothing else, drinking Lone Star beer. He comes there, while you saw it, and then starts laughing and runs out of the room. Mario was going to fire us. <laughs> Y'all look like fucking buggies. Ah! Now, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait, wasn't Rudy there? Didn't those guys get into, like, a wrestling match with each other? Wasn't Rudy and yeah. Dusty wrestling? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. I heard that story. I heard that story. Oh, my <laughs> God. You know? That's when wrestling was fun, and, and that's the best part. Right. That's why you guys were able to yeah. do what you could do in the ring because you were having a good time, living your dream, enjoying right. life, for sure, for sure. So listen, tell us, Ken, if, if anyone listening right now, because I know a lot of folks, they love to hear about the old stories. They like uh-huh. to uh, know about folks who, who have things that they haven't heard about. What's the best way that they can reach out to you? I know I know you got a Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah, just just yeah, just get me on Facebook. Just on Messenger, just just holler at me. I'll holler back at you. Ken Johnson I'm, is the name, folks, and I'm going to tag him when I when this is up. So you'll be able to reach out to him on Facebook, especially anybody who's ever watched Ken. I mean, he was, Jesus, he was world-class, global championship wrestling, as he just mentioned, ICW, of course, the NWA territory down there in the Texas area. Uh, Ken has been everywhere, but he's also trained some of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I mean, folks like Daniel Bryan, Brian Kendrick, you know, rest in peace, Lance Cade. Uh, Ken Johnson's done it, baby. He's done it. That's for sure. Listen, Ken, before we let you go, tell your fans, give your fans a nice, uh, closing there. Uh, let's, let's say you just, you just finished your match. You just won the championship. What's, what's the way you go out? Hush, hush, this is my dog, Ken Johnson, and I'm telling you, telling you, Get away from that Austin freaking. It's Mad Dog 2020. You remember that? What a good drink that was. Mad Dog 2020, what does it mean? Drink beer, eat pussy, and bark at the moon. You know, there's nothing nothing PC about that interview. That's for damn sure. But uh, let me tell you something. 
Ken Johnson, as you heard there, he literally had just had one of his legs amputated. I mean, whoa. Here's a guy who has had to face his own mortality. If they didn't cut that leg off, you know, it could have cost him his life because the diabetes had attacked his body. And during this, this period in time in history, with a global pandemic going on, in addition to all of the normal day-to-day issues of life, boy, you know, it can be very easy to get down, down and out over some of these challenges. And yet you hear from a guy like Ken Johnson, he's still having a good time. He still is, is good for a laugh. And more importantly, as he said, he's still got a lot more things to accomplish in life. So he's not done yet. So just perfect. Perfect. And it's a reminder to all of us, you know, we're not done yet. Keep going. Keep pushing forward. If a guy who had to amputate his leg just to survive, like pro wrestler and trainer Ken Johnson, if he can keep his spirits up, I think we can too. So let's do our best here, please. Once again, thank you, Ken. And, and I'm going to you know, link his Facebook page and what have you, folks. I know a lot of people want to interview Ken and, and talk to him about his, his life, his experiences, and more importantly, you know, how he's feeling today. So the start of something uh, great, you know, a new chapter for Ken Johnson, for sure. For sure. You know, there's another friend of the show, and, and he's a Texas guy, a Moonshine Mantel who had just recently gotten into some sort of accident. So I just want to send my best to Moonshine. I know he's on the mend. He's back home. I'll definitely reach out, try to get him on the show soon so he can give you an update on his own there. But, um, you know, hang in there, Moonshine, and we're, we're all pulling for you, brother. Also, we have another friend of the show, Katina Rice, who just celebrated a birthday a few days ago, and she went in for major surgery today as of this recording. So... Get well, Katina. Can't wait to hear you back on the show again. And, you know, we, she's, she's one of my biggest supporters. You know, she is part of Duke's wrestling crew, somebody who has spread the word about this show from the very beginning. Family members and friends, strangers, and everybody in between. Katina Rice has done a, just a tremendous job of helping grow Duke Loves Wrestling and expose us to so many people. So all I can do is just wish her the best and continue to support her because she's always supported us here. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I feel good. I feel really good. I feel good because I know that at times like this, we have to remember what's most important in life, right? You have your loved ones, you have your people that you surround yourself with. And if you're listening right now, then you're still alive. <laughs> So I don't know whether you're religious or not, you believe in God or not, or, you know, the, the, the man on the moon or whatever, just there is a bright side to every situation. It's just a matter of will you allow yourself to see it, acknowledge it and believe in it, right? That's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. And yeah, I can go on and on about this week's uh, wrestling and what's been happening and stuff, but you know what? I, I just... I want to I want to leave us on this note here just to continue to push forward. After hearing such a great inspirational conversation with Ken Johnson, there's really not much more I need to add to that. So, 
I'm going to remind everybody, please be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Catch you next week. Don't worry. I'll be updating you on all the latest happenings in the, the crazy world of wrestling. And I'll be giving my opinion on some things. And I got some opinions on some things. But I'm going to let it breathe for now. And we'll knock it out of the park uh, next week. Until then, this was all about Ken Johnson, Moonshine, and Katina. And you. You, you wonderful listeners there. So, Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.